0: Welcome to the audio podcast of The Father's House. We hope and pray you are both challenged and encouraged by this time in the Word. I'm excited to speak with you guys today as we are, we've are. we been in a 14-day fast as a church, and it's been amazing. We've had worship. We, call, we used to call them worship lunches. They're called Midday Pursuit. That's it. Midday Pursuit from 12 to 1 here in this room and then different times at the campuses. But it's been an amazing time. Friday, God was in this place. And I was just thinking about it, how grateful I am to be a part of a house that runs after the things of God. And I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for pursuing God, showing up, sticking to it, not giving up, because God is on the move. He's doing something. I can feel it in my spirit. There's a breakthrough coming. I think this is, is a year of breakthrough for many of us. And as a church, we are going to see the things of God. So I'm pumped today as we jump into our second week of our series called Seeking God. And Pastor Dave started us off last week talking about divine direction and seeking God through fasting and prayer. And I'm going to bring that up on the screen was uh, the results of biblical fasting. Just as a recap, if you want to take a screenshot, it's also on the website and the app. But the, this is amazing. This would be good to get out and, and declare over your life as you seek him in this new year. And this is why we fast. We're fasting for protection. We're fasting for direction for our future. We're fasting for spiritual and, and physical healing. We're, we're fasting for a reason. We don't just just deny ourselves of the donuts just to sit back and go, oh okay no we're going after the things of God And so I want to encourage you if you have not jumped in with us, please do grabl if even if it's a lunch, maybe you know right now you're thinking like I had donuts on the way here like we are not in this. that's okay no condemnation, but I encourage you if the Father's house is your home church, jump in with us. let's go after the things of God. there's breakthrough on the horizon. it's gonna be good. So let's pursue and I want to I want to read all together Everybody, all locations, our key scripture from last week, Jeremiah 29, 13. Let's read this together. It says, you will see, oh, let's restart. That was a little, that was a little low. Let's start a little high. Ready? Here we go. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Good. There it is. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And maybe today you're thinking like, why the seek? like why are we seeking is god playing some sick game on humanity where he's like come and find me i'm going to go hide and then we get frustrated just in the process and then like forget it all together like i can't find him i'm done no 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 god is omnipresent meaning he's here with us right now he's in the bar downtown vacaville he the bible says in psalms that he if you make your bed in hell he is there god is everywhere but as a people what we are longing for and what we're seeking god for is his man manifest presence to be with us and among us. Throughout the scriptures, we see the invitation that God gives to the seekers, saying to seek him with everything that we have, to know him personally and face-to-face, an intimate relationship with Jesus. The promise is, is when you seek, you will find. Let me say that again. The promise is when you seek, you will find. David, over and over again in the Psalms, we can see as he's crying out to God in desperation for God's presence to come. Psalms 27, 8. Psalms 27 is one of my life chapters. He says this, When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I will seek. Psalm 63, one, oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Now the opposite of earnestly is just casually, right? Just randomly, just a sideline priority. But there is an invitation going out today to you, to me, from God to seek him in a greater measure. Whether you've been seeking God your whole life or whether you just started on this journey, we should never stop seeking to know God more. And the Hebrew word to seek, it means to search out, to find, to inquire and require, to search carefully for, specifically in worship and in prayer. And then that word in Jeremiah 29, search, It means to frequent a place, to tread a place, a well-worn path. And God is calling you, God is calling me to require of him, to inquire of him, to search carefully for him, tread a well-worn path to his presence, to find him. This is what he's asking of us. He wants to be found by you. He wants to be found by me. It is the joy of his life that we find him. And the benefits and the promises and the rewards to the seekers are endless. But they are reserved for those who seek him and seek him with everything that they have. So why do we seek? Because he promised that he will will be there, that we will find him. And why do we want to find him? Because our souls desperately need him. I don't know about you, but I need the Holy Spirit. I need the manifest presence of Jesus in my life. Like oxygen is to our bodies. Our spirits need spiritual oxygen and that is the presence of Jesus. I mean, when was the last time you actually thought about oxygen? Everyone's like, oh, now I'm thinking about it. We don't think about it unless we need it, right? Unless you're in a desperate need and you're like, oh shoot, I need some oxygen. Otherwise, we never think about it, right? but it's kind of a big deal, right? Like, just take a second. Just think about ox- just oxygen. Very simple, but it's kind of a big deal. A few years ago, I keep saying that, but I'm in my mid-30s. This happened in middle school. So a few years ago, guys, isn't time crazy? You're like, I was 12 yesterday. Like, what is happening? We were in the Philippines. My parents took me on my first missions trip to the Philippines. And some of you may know this story. My dad Pastor Dave, for those of you who don't know, Pastor Dave is my dad. Sometimes I feel like you need to clarify that. He's hugging me during worship and stuff. You're like, this is a weird church. Pastor Dave's my dad. Donna's my mom. Jude's my brother-in-law. Sierra's my sister. Pastor Lee's my grandma. Joseph's my husband. This is a big old family event up here, you know? Uncle Rudy's back there. We got, we got the whole gang. I just need to clarify that. It's like, my dad, everyone's like, is he talking about Jesus? What's happening? So we're in the Philippines my parents take me on this trip and the village that we were staying in they were like hey we want to take you to these waterfalls well i'm really really sick and my dad's shared this story before i almost died it was very very it was detrimental so but i'm here today so it's all fine but On this this village, the people are like, let's go. We want to show you guys these waterfalls. And I'm already, like, not doing good. I mean, I'm throwing up over the boat. Like, it's a whole thing. But my parents, the good parents, they're like, we're going on a hike. I'm like, what? They were young. They didn't know, you know? So (laughs) we start hiking up to these falls, right? Elevation's getting higher. I'm already, like, delusional. I'm like, who are these people? Where are we? We're, like, all the people are walking with us up this hill. I don't even know if I ever saw the waterfalls. I don't know if they, they better have been good because I freaking gave my life to walk up this, this hill. You know what I'm saying? But we started getting up there and I am so dizzy. I'm like confused and everything's spinning and I'm losing my words. All I remember is I put my hand on my mom's shoulder and then blacked out, boom, fainted right there. That's it. No, I'm here to tell the story. So I didn't die, but I literally passed out. Now what happens when we get a lack of oxygen to the brain? we begin to experience symptoms. Am I right? So oxygen's a big deal. We could could disagree on a lot of things, but I think we will agree on the fact that oxygen is important. We might disagree, you know, that women should be preaching or whatever the case may be. We all have our disagreements, but we would all agree in here today that oxygen is important to the sustaining of our lives. And without it, it's, it's not good. There's all kinds of things that begin to happen. We begin to experience symptoms. Some of those symptoms with the lack of oxygen could be confusion, dizziness, fatigue, difficulty breathing, and depending on the level or lack thereof, you could lose consciousness or even die. It is crucial to our existence. Oxygen is important. And you can't just negotiate oxygen, you know what I mean? Like, can I get a little bit here, maybe a little bit later? You can't go to your doctor, like, give me a puff, I'm going to hold this out for a month, you know? Like, no, it is, it's continual, we need oxygen every minute, it's vitally important to the sustaining of our life. And the symptoms warn us of our condition and our need to take action. The human body is incredible. God designed our bodies in a way that there's a warning that goes off like, hey, we're going down. We're going to need some help. It actually sends signals into the body to warn us by sending those symptoms to help us figure out how to take action. And today in the spirit, listen to me, many of you are experiencing spiritual symptoms, you may have a diagnosis right now of a serious lack of the spiritual oxygen in your spirit man, the Holy Spirit flow and nearness of God. And like an alarm in the spirit, it is going off. It's warning you right here, right now, today. And you may be unaware. You may be ignoring it. You may be trying to distract yourself with all these other things to try to get your mind off these symptoms that are alerting you. Your spiritual state may be weak weary, and faint. And like our physical bodies need oxygen to survive, let me tell you today, our spirit is in desperate need of the breath and the presence of the Holy Spirit. The symptoms of a faint soul, check these out, lethargic in spirit, weary in your soul, lack of vision, zero passion for the things of God, confusion, anxious thoughts, no desire to seek him. And today, if you are having a faint Feeling in your spirit, you're weary, you are experiencing some exhaustion and some side effects from a lack of nearness to God. This is not an insult, this is not condemnation, this is a warning from the Holy Spirit saying, Hey, there are some symptoms today, and we must move, we must take action, we need to find Him. Because listen persistent, prolonged weariness from a lack of fellowship and nearness to God will cause you to question the very nature and character of God. We've all experienced, we've all been in this situation before. You start going through something in your life, or you start, you know, distancing yourself from the presence of God or from the believers, and you begin to get weird. Just like me on that hike. I'm like, what's going on? You start losing your your, your clarity of who he is. You start questioning the very character of God. And Proverbs 24.10 says people faint in the day of adversity because their strength is small. Now listen, adversity doesn't make our strength small. It reveals it. Adversity and the pressures and distress and the troubles of life, they only reveal where we are running to for our strength. Okay, so sometimes we can say, Oh, I'm going through this. I got this going on. There's all this and the kids and blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. I'm just stressed out. I'm exhausted. I don't know. I can do it. And we blame it on our circumstances. And yes, those things wear us down. But when your strength is found in Jesus, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. Your strength isn't coming from yourself. It's coming from the King Almighty who has all the strength available to us. I wasn't going to share this, but I was on Friday morning... Pastor Rich was leading in our our midday pursuit, and they've been going through stuff with, with Jane. Pastor Rich and Hillary are some of my closest friends, so I get to see behind the scenes. And they were dealing with stuff that week with Jane and her physical condition, all this. I won't go into the details. But that Friday, Rich was leading up here, and he just began to sing out to the Lord, the faithfulness of God. And I mean, they were in the hospital. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And he's up here pouring out a costly gift before God. And he has every reason to put his hands in his pockets and question, God, are you really here? I've given you my whole life. Why aren't you doing what I asked you to do? The pressures of life are coming down. Adversity is right there. And yet he was like, you've given me every reason to sing. What does that mean? His strength isn't coming from his own self. His strength is coming from the source (laughs) of all strength. But if you feel like you are letting go today, your grip has loosened on the promises of God. You feel weary in your spirit. You've lost some zeal and passion for the things of God. Do not ignore the symptoms. Do not ignore the symptoms. Let me give you some encouragement from Isaiah 40. It says, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But listen, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the promise today, church. This is the promise to you and I. That God is faithful to his word. It is who he is. It's his nature. It's his character. We believe by faith that what he says is true and that it is exactly what it is because he is who he says he is. And he promises us to those who have no might, he increases strength. He wants to renew your strength. What does that mean? It's an exchange. You give him your weakness. He gives you his strength. A beautiful exchange. We just pour out, I can't do this on my own. I'm exhausted. There's so much weariness. And he's like, I got you. I'm going to renew you. That renewing means continually, day by day by day. Like I said, it's not just one puff of oxygen and we make it through the rest of the year. No, it's a daily, continually. The Lord renews and renews and strengthens his people. (laughs) says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Whoa, it's getting weird. We turn into birds? What's going on? No, this is the measure of strength that the Lord gives you. Okay, strength to soar above everything else. Will your circumstances change in one second? Maybe not. But God will give you the strength to be able to glide above all that's going on. It's like this powerful strength that lifts you up to give you eyes and perspective to see how he sees. It's supernatural. It's nothing that we can strive or muster up on our own. It's the strength of the Lord. It's beautiful. It says, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This purpose, the purpose of God's strength is to move us forward into the things of God. Move us into the abundance that he has for us. Into the purposes and the vision and the destiny he has. It's not just to get this strength and be like, look how strong I am. No, no, no. It's to move forward into all that God has. I need his strength. You need his strength today. And this is his promise that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, will renew their strength. Verse 31, again, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect, who look for, seek, and hope in Him will gain new strength and renew their power. Those that wait will. Those that wait will. Let me say that again. Those who wait will. This isn't maybe, possibly, we'll see, This is a promise in the word of God. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. This isn't lazy boy kind of waiting. You know what I mean? Just sitting in a chair, just staring at the wall, like waiting for God to do something. Oh, if he wants to do it, he's going to do it. No, that's casual, lazy waiting. That's not who God's called us to be. This waiting is a pursuit. It's a posture of our hearts. It's this earnest yearning like David said, God, in know dry and weary land where there is no water. I yearn, I thirst for the presence of God, the source, the oxygen, the very living strength that I need to sustain my life. It's a posture that we place ourselves in as we wait for him to come, as we wait for him to show up like he said he would, as we wait for the nearness to invade our lives, as we wait for the spiritual oxygen to take Take us into that strength that He's destined for us to be in. It's a posture of our hearts. It's like you're on your tiptoes in excitement and expectancy that He's gonna do what He said He's gonna do. When I think about when my boys were little, I'd be like, Dad's home, and they would go to the window and they'd be on their tiptoes, like, Daddy, Daddy. This expectancy, this excitement. Why? Because we believe what He says. And we are expectant. I want you to get that visual today, on your tiptoes like a little kid going, Father, I'm waiting for you. I earnestly seek after you. No matter what has happened in my life, no matter what I see right now in front of me, no matter what my circumstances say or the diagnosis say, I will earnestly seek after you because your promises is that you will meet with me and you will strengthen my heart. You will bring me to a place where I soar above my situation and my circumstances circumstance, a strength that I cannot get on my own. I can drink tons of protein and go to the gym, but this kind of strength is not the same. It is a supernatural inner strength that brings you to a place that nothing in this world will be able to do. And when the warning signs are going off in your soul, and you run to the distractions that the enemy puts in front of you. Social media, your porn addiction, food, whatever it may be. And you're like, if I could just numb, because the symptoms are going crazy. And if I could just numb it and just deal with it right now. But then that exhaustion kicks in listen, I'm not talking about physical exhaustion. Some of you just need to drink some water, do some cardio, get outside, okay? I'm not talking about the physical. I'm talking about your inner man. I'm talking about the spiritual level. When you try to open your mouth and declare God's word, and you can't because this thing is like coming over you, this weariness is trying to literally suffocate you and distance you from the very source of strength The warning signs are ringing today and my heart for you and God's heart for you is act quickly. Don't stay where you are. Act quickly. He's waiting for you to inquire of him. How beautiful that he's given us access. It seems so easy, but life gets on you, right? The circumstances happen and you begin to distance yourself. But listen, I'm gonna give you some practical ways to set yourself to wait on the Lord in 2024. And it's very simple, yet it's one of the most neglected practices of the majority of Christ's followers. And it's this daily meeting with God in the secret place. Matthew 6, 6 says, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. It says, pray to your father who is there with you, okay? By faith, we know that he is there with us. This is all by faith. This walk, this journey that we're on as Christ followers, as disciples, it is by faith and by the word of God that we put our trust in this statement right here, that when you shut the door, this is figuratively, but it also can be literally, when you shut the door to the distractions, to what's the chaos of life, the world, everything, the stresses, oh, the stresses. And you go and you meet with God and you wait before him and you seek him with that posture like David, his promise is that he's going to be right there with you. It's by faith. Psalm 91, one, it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. The secret place is for those who make it a priority. So many people in the scriptures made the secret place a priority not because the church leadership said it's time to get your secret place together or you know no it was because of the desperation the need for god i mean this was the theme of david's life all throughout scripture the dwelling place the refuge of god true intimacy with the lord a relationship with the almighty god moses he had an intimate relationship with god he knew god it's what made him such an incredible leader Samuel, from a young age, he heard the voice of God. He pursued God in God's house. Elijah, in despair, he cried out to God. God came to him in a whisper, and he clinged to the voice of God. The Apostle Paul, we see in his letters, time and time again, it reveals his intimate relationship with God. Jesus himself, when he walked this earth, it says in the Gospels that many times, often, he had to go away to be with the Father. He would go over on the side, away from the disciples and all the crowds, and he would go spend time with the Father. Go get on a boat. He'd go in a garden. He'd find a space away from the noise of life, away from the crowd, away from the distractions. Why was Jesus, the Son of God, going to meet in the secret place? because he knew in order to fulfill the call that was on his life, to go to the cross, to do something that none of us could ever even imagine, he needed the strength of his father. He needed the strength of almighty God. You know, if we could just hear little sound clips of Jesus, fully God, fully man, in the garden, saying, God, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. He's crying out to his father, Father, don't don't leave me. I need strength. I need courage. I need you to come quickly and be with me. He's calling on the name of God and God is asking you to do the same thing. And if for some reason we think we're gonna walk this Christian journey out without the secret place, without the nears of God, and Jesus himself had to run to, who do we think we are? We're not gonna make it. We We are desperately in need and our bodies, our physical man is saying, What are you doing? Exhaustion is taking over. Weariness is coming in. We have to run to the secret place of God. And maybe today you already have a secret place and you meet with him. I want to encourage you. There is more. There is more. 99 times you could go there and it'd be boring and you're not feeling much, but you keep doing it. And that 100th time, Jesus shows up. The Holy Spirit shows up and revives your soul. What you sow into, you will reap as you sow into these moments with God, tiptoes and expect it and believing God is going to come through for you. God is calling us today To create a secret place with him. To receive strength for our weary souls. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, I'm going to put out a challenge. How many of you love a challenge? Pastor Hillary loves a challenge. When things go challenge, I kind of like actually disengage. Whenever it's like, we're doing a marathon. All the pastors right now, Sean, everybody's like, we're running. I'm like, you guys go get them. I'll see you guys on the other side, you know? Like, I kind of kind of back out on the challenges. But this kind of challenge, I think we can all jump in. And I'm calling the church. I'm calling all of us, every campus, Napa, let's go. 21 days of creating a secret place with God. Every single day for 21 days, the end of January. Pursuing God face-to-face, intimately, developing this space with Him, And challenging ourselves to make it a priority. And I understand some of you work graves. You have little kids. There's a lot going on in life. I'm asking you to set aside 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you can do to position yourself to meet him. Because listen, without him, the symptoms will only increase. Okay? The symptoms are going to increase in your life. And you are going to become so exhausted. It's detrimental to your spiritual health and life. And again, I'm just sending this warning out today. Listen, just like you would to your body when it's thirsty or it needs oxygen. Listen to your spirit today. What is calling out? And some of you have a paper. I know all of our campuses have a paper. We might have run out here in Vacaville, but there's a paper that was given. If not, it's also on our app, the TFH app. I would encourage you to download that. But I gave you six steps to seek God in the secret place. Very practical. Again, so practical, you might be like, this is dumb. But I want to give you this to put in your Bible or your journal so that you can really set yourself up for 21 days of seeking Him. Money back guarantee, okay? 21 days, if it doesn't work out, Pastor Mark will give you your money back. Okay, this is, this is gonna, it's, it's a big deal. It's gonna work. But Here's just six things. I'm going to go quickly through these. I would really love it if you guys download the app, get, the, get these on your um, phone. Number one, set a time. Any time that works for you. If it's early in the mornings, late at night when the kids are in bed, whatever, figure it out. Number two, set the atmosphere. I love to put a candle on. I have a chair that I sit in. I'm not a creature of habit, but for some reason I have become. Number three, bring your Bible or your journal. Okay, this is important to write the things. Now, I'm not asking you, like, to diary. Like, I had oatmeal today and, like, you know... I'm, I'm saying journal the heart of God. When you begin to read through the scriptures, maybe the Psalms, something jumps out to you. Psalm 91.1, you're like, oh, that just spoke. Begin to write it down. And then see what else God would say about that over you. And write these things down in your journal. It's so helpful. And number four, repent. Acts 3.19 says, repent then. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Listen, those who may ascend the hill of the Lord, those with clean hands and a pure heart. We have to purify ourselves. God is holy, and he accepts us just as we are, covered in mud, fully messy, like a little toddler. Here I am. But there comes a point in time where you can't just keep coming in just like, oh, I'm I'm just stuck in my sin. No, we have to repent and wash ourselves clean by the blood of Jesus so that we can go close, so that we can see him face to face. So that's how I start every day in my secret place, is repenting before God. God, the thoughts that I had, the way I acted, or that anger, or whatever, Get rid of it. Get it out of the way so that you can go straight to the Father. Number five, wait on the Lord. As I already talked about, wait on the Lord. I want to encourage you in this. Exercise your prayer muscle by opening up your mouth. Open your mouth and begin to thank God for who he is. Thank him for your family. I'm telling you, when you just open up your mouth and just say, God, I thank you for who you are, boom, like something changes. The atmosphere changes because you're making a declaration, a statement of faith. And number five, there's some resources that I highly recommend that have really helped my life. Obviously, Dad's book, Pursuit, is a game changer. It's 21 days, so it's very practical. It can help you each day to have kind of a plan in, in what to read and what to do. But I want to encourage you because this seems foolish to the world. Right, This is a waste of time. Like, Why would you take time out of your day, the precious time that we have, and just sit in a room with God or walk in in nature and, and call on someone that you can't see? It seems foolish, but it is the most important thing that we can do as Christ followers and believers. He takes our weakness and exchanges it for his strength. Close the door. Get the distractions out of the way. Make a place for him. Listen, the secret place for me since the age of 13 has been my source of life it is who I or it's the reason I am who I am today thank God I had parents that taught me the priority of the secret place for 22 years it has sustained me on this journey of Christianity I'm honestly I don't know how anybody makes it without the nearness and presence of God I, every single day I'm like oh I need God oh I need God We need the presence of God, and it has defined me, and I've met him there when I was really young. I had encounters with the Lord in my room that changed me forever. I was never the same. I tasted, and I saw that he was good, and I never went back, but let me tell you, life happens, right? Circumstances happen. The enemy has no new tricks up his sleeve, and he will do whatever he can to weaken us to distancing ourselves. And even just this last year, 2023, it was rough. It was someone, you know, everyone's like, oh, I agree on that one. For some reason, there was this, this, this feeling that was just taking me over, and it was frustration and spiritual exhaustion. And then, guess what began to happen? I began to question things. I began to question God. Questions started coming. Lord, I've given you my whole life. Is this it? Are you going to respond to that prayer that I've been praying? Lord, where are you in this circumstance? Why? And the questions began to come, which then caused me to distance myself from him. And I'd go into the secret place. I'd try to have my moments. And it just felt like I was like, you know, like a tin can, like ceiling, like, beep, beep. Like, you're not here. And then that fear sets. Like, you're not here. You- is this real? Am I, what am I even doing? What am I living for? Because weakness begins to bring disillusionment to us as we step back from the nearness of our Father. But let me tell you, I know what it's like to be outside of the secret place. And there's confusion, there's sleepless nights, there's anxiety, there's stress, there's worry about the future. But I've also known what it is to be in the secret place. And I never, I never wanna be outside of the presence of God again. Now, will it happen? Of course. Life happens. Seasons come and go. But my heart and my desire for the rest of the days, as long as I have air in my lungs, I will make a place for him in my life because I don't want to be in the confusing place. I don't want to be outside of his presence. I have tasted and seen of his goodness and I'm not going back. There's nothing there. We've all tried it. It's empty. There's nothing on the other side. There's nothing that leads us to God like being in his presence. Being in the courts of the King, on our tiptoes waiting in expectancy and saying, God, I will be here no matter what. I don't even want anything out of this. I just want you. I just wanna worship you and desire you. It's what we were created for. And if we don't live in that place, we will be so broken. We will be so disillusioned with life. You'll end up just bitter and twisted and hating God and the church and people in your family. It's nothing on the other side. The only way in this life is to pursue the King with everything that you have, no matter what you feel like, no matter what your emotions tell you. It's it, that's it. And I pray today that if you've lost your grip, if you've let go on some promises and dreams that are in your heart, if it's hard for you to get passionate and zealous for the things of God, I pray you hear God's cry today that he wants to renew your strength. He wants to remind you that from the first cry that you cried, he heard and he knew and he saw and he destined you and he's jealous for you. The word says that he's jealous for you. He longs for you. He's listening even now for the cry of your heart. And I'm telling you, if the symptoms and the warning signs are going off today, do not stay there, do not stay there but let it push you forward to take action and say, here I come Lord, here I come. I'm a little beat up by life, I got some questions, I got some stuff, but here I come. Put my shoes on, I'm going, we're coming, we're coming back. I'm gonna get in the secret place, I'm gonna close the door, God, I'm coming. I'm coming because I know that you will meet me there, God. Even in my frustrations, even with this diagnosis, even with my relationship and my finances, even with what does the future hold for me, I'm coming. I'm running back, I will earnestly seek you. My soul yearns for the presence of God, I will not seek day where I've been. I will not get stuck in the sin patterns, but I'm running. I'm running. I'm running. I will be a seeker. I will be one who expects. I will be one who searches carefully and says, Father, where are you? Here I come. For more information on our church, log on to our website at tfh.org or check out the TFH app.